Wayne's giving the pep talk? That's where we are? Welcome back, nobodies, to your favorite belated Doom Patrol podcast. My name is Mark. And my name is Nathan. And today we are talking about episode 9 of Doom Patrol, which is titled Immortimus Patrol. Uh, today's episode is written by Eliza Berger and Talia Berger. One, uh, Eliza worked on a Tig Notaro show called uh, One Mississippi, Talia Berger, who has credits with the Velma show, which is also an, a Max original uh, show and then today's episode is directed by Omar Mada, who we know from directing Sex Patrol, 1917 Patrol, and Bird Patrol, which are some very iconic episodes, some of my favorite episodes of this entire series. Nate, how are you doing today? I'm good. This is uh, this was fun. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a great experience. I'm doing great. Um, what other great things uh, happened? Um, <laughs> big old wall in china that thing's pretty great uh no uh, yeah i'm doing excellent um this was a great uh episode <laughs> using that <laughs> yeah, word again if if there was ever uh, and uh, you know it, i i had such a busy week you know just to give listeners yeah some context onto some you know um if whether you're a listener of doom patrol radio or even dc cinematic minute um i was away so we are playing some catch up this week um, so if you're listening to this uh, now, it's 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 a week late, and I apologize for that. But I was at uh, a wedding, and then also planning my own wedding, so it's very busy. But um, you know, like we just happened to miss a musical episode. You know, if there yeah. was ever an episode to to miss out on, it would have been this grandiose one of these spe- spectacle uh, Doom Patrol episodes. And Omar Madal, who who directed Sex Patrol, um. You know, this fits right into it. This is like one of, one of the reasons I like Sex, Sex Patrol so much is because it has these big moments uh, for a TV show. Like just all this production goes into it, all this choreography, um, you know, the makeup, the, the costuming. This whole Doom Manor comes alive yeah, um, an, in these honestly, type of episodes. Yeah, it's an understatement what you're saying. It really is. Um, <laughs> Uh, the sets, and we happen to miss out on it. <laughs> yeah, the sets for this episode were just like breathtaking, out of out of this world. Um, it's one of those things where. Um, so I watched the Star Trek ep- uh, musical episode, and I mm-hmm, didn't mm-hmm. really care for it, and I don't know what it was. Um, it's not that it was a musical episode, because I, you know, that's theater, baby. It's you, that's what happens, you know, and it's also uh, really hard to do um so i applaud uh all that work that goes into musical type episodes um the star trek one i don't know what happened but it fell flat and i was like i don't want to do this um this one complete opposite this was like oh this fits this fits like all way too well almost um this is pretty dang good uh, even if it's mm-hmm. uh, you know an excuse to have things like uh, Brendan Fraser come on set and, and act out as as Cliff Steele, it's like yeah whatever I'm taking that excuse absolutely like this is this is awesome you want to do fever dream shit let's do fever dream shit 
Yeah, and and I, you know, the this musical works so well. Well, this episode works so well, and the musical numbers they there's a bit of a comedic aspect to them as well. What I love so much about this musical is the value that it is put in. There's there's so much of it. The the fact that Brendan Fraser and Matt Bomer are both in this episode together, the the musical numbers, like we talked about, the ca- the costuming, but just the fact that those two actors are in today's episode, um, everyone seemed to be like doing their best triple threat that they could do, like sing, dance, act. Like they, everyone was in on the assignment. Um, I really think Diane Guerrero like really like took it to the extreme like she was really oh, she's into a fucking the thespian yeah yeah <laughs> she was really into this musical number she was giving it her all um it was a fantastic um just showcase for for each actor performer um in, in today's episode so when when i was watching the episode i i was like every time there was a new number of course like like you said nate maybe the star trek musical wasn't for you for a lot of people it may have worked um but it's always kind of a gamble when you do a musical or a TV show because you're doing all this for, for one episode of television. Um, sometimes it may not hit the target, but with each song, I kept going, man, I really like this. I r- I'm really enjoying today's episode. Yeah. And it, it really fit into the the vein of, of the TV show because, you know, we, we've had Sex Patrol and we've had... Um, like the the eternal flagellation episode where we had like puppet patrol right and and or that that was season one episode but um, you know where we had kind of like the Sesame Street episode with with crazy Jane and all that um, you know the 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 production value that goes into the show it like matches it stays consistent in a way um, and so this whole uh, musical episode was just a, a complete joy for me from start to finish I was kind of writing down notes for each one but um another thing is that like the the songs like were um like purposely for the to move the plot along as well it wasn't just sing song for sing song purposes you know it wasn't just let's just break into number because that's what we do um i don't know if that's what they do in a glee but maybe hey i don't know i never watched the show um (laughs) You know, but hey, I've, I think I've seen what, High School Musical a handful of times, and maybe I don't think that's the same. <laughs> Vanessa Hudgens. Um, so this was no, you're uh, thinking of Camp Rock. <laughs> this was excellent, um, especially in the ways where it, it 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 became aware of itself, and you know, it wasn't just like I said, it wasn't just sing song for sing song purposes. Um, uh, and you know what? I don't want to compare it to the Star Trek episode anymore because. Um, it's a completely different thing, uh, and it was a completely different production. Um, what what I do want to say that's completely different is, is this are the songs themselves. Like each one felt like a different genre, almost. Obviously, we have like yeah, uh, it starts off with Immortimus Day, which feels very much like a Macy's Day Parade. Uh, you know, little number on the carpet. Uh, but then. When we get into like the next song, which is like "Am I Doing This Right," which is between Madeline Zima, Madeline Zima uh, Casey and 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 Casey uh, Crazy Jane, played by Diane, um, that one felt a, a bit more um, modern pop 
rock kind of musical yeah, number. I get what you mean. Yeah, well, it's it's yeah. you know it varies so much as it, it, it being a true two form musical. Um, mm-hmm. You know, not not necessarily musicals. I'm sorry. Let me jumble up those words again not every musical necessarily has to follow the same genre uh with each song you know what i mean um yeah which was you know something you know born out of musical theater and kind of uh started to get be more considered as as a modern way of of the the theater as well um and Mm -hmm. broadway um which is excellent (laughs) really uh, it really does showcase just, you know, the different tones of the story that you're trying to tell, um, especially when it is, you know, when the lyrics are heavily based on the thing with the situation moving forward or, you know, two people <laughs> being hyper aware of what's going on within the lyrics. It's like, oh, this is this is great. Uh, this isn't just like, you know, people singing about. Uh, Doom Patrol and comic books and 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 silly references. You know what I mean? Um, I, I feel like so um, the the number between Casey and and Crazy Jane, which is am I am I doing this right? Um, that that did seem to kind of move things along as far as character development in ways that it probably would have taken um, a, a longer arc, maybe several episodes for these characters to. Um, connect a bit and explain how they're feeling. Go through like the roller coaster of emotion, uh, roller coaster of emotions, um, and of course, there's a song like that as well for Mister One Hundred Four and and Negative Man, which is Elements of Love, and and so those really get to spur these these emotions between the two characters in a way that that does like you said, Nate. They kind of are looking at each other, going, "Is this supposed to be happening do we commit to this bit that we're locked into so the musical has this bit of irony to it um but at the same time for the audience we are seeing a a relationship form and um uh go through go through um these hurdles and then we have uh, I, I believe Victor's song is like "Be a Hero" or something like that. Yeah, hang and, on. And Victor, are we yeah, are we yeah. going song by song? Because I did want to say about the Casey and the we James go, song. Well, yeah, well, no, no, we I mean, we're totally like, <laughs> we are going to we are going to you know isolate some of these songs. But I'm overall connecting this this um, this kind of macro tissue, which is like I don't even know if that's a word. But you know, like <laughs> is micro tissue a word? Those tiny, those are the tiny bags of Kleenex that you can put in your that's glove box. That's the travel ones. Yeah. yeah, you get a set of three of them when you're on vacation. Um, but yeah, so the overall these these character moments of like I need to express how I'm feeling. So like that I that I understand in a musical sense. Like we need to talk about ourselves and we need to project it. Well, when you uh, can't talk Victor, about yourselves and those feelings, you <laughs> sing. You sing. You have to sing. You have to commit to the bit. Um, we've been through, um, yeah, uh, Laura DeMille and, and, and Rita Farr. So they have a song as well called Best Friends. Um, and, and then Cliff, Cliff Steele, I think has one of the, one of the bigger moments in this episode, but yes, let's, let's start with, um, do you want to start with, uh, let's, let's talk about Immortimus Day. This is the one that we start off with, um, with the sex ghosts. And uh, right, it, m- most immediately, it's Dorothy and the sex ghost. 
Um, and it's very much like, oh, how do you do? Good, happy Immortimus Day. And uh, one of the things I, I liked most immediately is kind of like the stained glass windows in, in the mansion. It's one of the things I have written down here because it really does remind me of kind of like the the Richard uh, Case kind of um, yeah. earlier uh, 1989 Grant Morrison run with um, uh, the Butterfly Collector. And I believe the, the manor that the Butterfly Collector had uh, had some of these type of windows, this kind of orange and yellow and uh, purple, like yeah. uh, stained glass colored square. So I, I really did enjoy the aesthetic of kind of the windows and the big curtains and shears that are kind of covering the place and this whole like old Victorian vibe that they had going on. That's the on. thing. It's like the color palette of everything still keeps with that like old old Victorian vibe that was the idea from the late 70s and early eight, uh, 80s where it's like that's yeah. where that's uh, I don't even know. It's not even sepia. It's it's more rust-ish look. Yeah. Um, tans and natural colors of these big open you know, open hallways and uh, open floor plans of big old houses. We talk so much about this mansion, and it's great. It's amazing how it still, like, stays stuck in time, but is still mm-hmm. a modern, you know, even at this point, it's a modern set. Yeah. And and throughout the, I think when I was first watching the episode, I kind of accepted it, you know, 20, 10, 10, 20 minutes in. But I felt like like the resolution on my video player was off like i was trying to uh get the best resolution out of out of today's episode uh and i just thought to myself i think it's supposed to look hazy like that's the like the kind of the set design was to make it look like something's off and so there's a bit of a haze yeah or like a film grain that's just too fine um, on, on the on the thing, so everything right. looks extremely kind of uh, fuzzy. Man, they're pumping. In this. That's that's some good smoke machine work. And yeah, maybe, they just had fog. I know they good like smoke <laughs> machine work. <laughs> they like filled the room with fog machine and then let it air out. And then what, whatever was left, it was like that's yeah. what we're working with. Real humid, um, real humid set. You, I mean, we're yeah. just sweating bullets in this place. <laughs> um, it's great. I also think it makes it, it gives it more of that fever dream esque aesthetic. Um, mm-hmm. you know, with Scooby-Doo dry ice mist kind of creeping in everywhere and, uh, things are still out of focus because, you know, you're in a dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, uh, everyone gets these, uh, Christmas sweaters. I, I think I was paying a lot of attention to the kind of Christmas sweaters that they, that they get. Um, uh, a lot of it involves the ham that we'll hear as, uh, Isabel Feathers really likes this ham boy do they make this ham look unappealing when you finally see it yeah uh it's like okay i'm not interested in this one bit um i i didn't understand the dinosaur i don't remember there being a dinosaur in play but i i did that is that something i missed somewhere there's uh vegetable mineral man that's what i thought so i thought it was animal vegetable mineral mineral man uh some kind of reference to that as well but um I don't know if there was a dinosaur somewhere else that I, I, I missed. Um, but either way, um, Crazy Jane has kind of like a T-Rex eating a ham uh, sweater. And then so does uh, Cliff Steele on the back of his sweater has 
this kind of dinosaur eating a ham. Uh, and then Laura DeMille has like just this kind of MC Escher type of ham with like a bead as the bone in each one. And just, so just this design that I really enjoyed. Um, uh, Casey, who is probably the most positive character on the show. Uh, she has probably the most morbid or not morbid, but just like completely ironic sweater where it is, uh, Isabel, Isabel Flowers Immortus, really, really Immortus, uh, in kind of like that ribcage bone, like the way that um, it was revealed in episode seven, Orc with Patrol, um, that has like her birth as Immortus. And yeah. so uh, she has a really dark one for being such a positive character. Um, um, but it's but also yeah, probably it, the most colorful. Yeah, well, it is the most colorful too. And that's, that's so the bizarre. whole thing. It's the whole thing about that side yeah. of the doom patrol and and you know gerard way's doom patrol it's like hey we we got color baby <laughs> things are bright yeah they do yeah yeah and and you know it's just it's just a really um you know quirky funny musical number that they start off with um everyone is like we said earlier everyone's giving it their all um here late into the uh opening number is rita far uh april bolby also giving into the performance of a uh, very Christmas musical. So I appreciate everyone's voice when they kind of light them up and they kind of spotlight their voice in particular. You get yeah. to hear some of these actors like vocal ranges and stuff. And it's just, it's just enjoyable to kind of hear these actors perform on such a level for a musical number. It's just like everyone's been um, uh, aiming for like that 200% when they get that moment to do it. It's fantastic. Just a great time. True actors. The next one is Am I Doing This Right? This is the one with uh, Crazy Jane and and um, Casey, Casey Brink. And I, first of all, both of them, their outfits are spectacular. Um, I really enjoy this. We have these little <laughs> scissor men cutouts as well. Uh, but then here's a dinosaur again. And uh, that's where I was wondering, like, did I miss a dinosaur somewhere? Oh wait! Uh, didn't I, um, did um Derek draw, draw a dinosaur? Derek draw a dinosaur into it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so that's what I was thinking. Like maybe he drew the dinosaur, and that's 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 no, the no, dinosaur. Yeah. Now we just can't remember. Yeah. Because the other one, but is you can Terminox. see like the rib cage is. Yeah, that's Torminox over there. That I understood, but the dinosaur was like, I think Derek drew a dinosaur. I remember him drawing a robot. And so I, I remember the robot very well, but I don't remember the dinosaur. So, but I think that's my, my Doom Patrol brain is still thinking like as, um, when I saw the T-Rex and I think T-Rex, I think animal, vegetable, mineral man. So, but yeah, uh, this is a great number between these two characters. I, something I really liked and I, and I wrote this down is that, so if you look at, Crazy Jane, she has like this kind of checkered colors. I mean, yeah. she has rain, like a rainbow spectrum of colors. And then Casey Jane has more of like a tie dye, like watercolor, like it's all melted together. Yeah. And so I kind of like that idea of like one having these segmented, isolated colors, but then the other one has a blend of the colors. And these yeah. characters um, very, very quickly have become um, complementary of each other. 
Um, and and it's it's a pairing I never thought of, and it it works quite well. Just like the fog works with Crazy Jane having this underground and these collection of mines, the fog and Crazy Jane really work together as well. Um, but so does this idea of a, a positive and negative uh, type of person, which uh, can also parallel another two characters we can talk about in today's episode and in, in, in episode 10 when we, when we do talk about that one as well. Um, but yeah, what do, you, what do you think about Crazy Jane and, and Casey Brink here? Um, I think they're excellent. Um, Diane's outfit, the wardrobe is honestly, that's incredible. Um, I want to see more of that in 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 real life. <laughs> yeah, it looks like Take she's notes. got like pink 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 docks or something. Yeah, right. right? Killer. She has like um, pink le- leather docks. <laughs> both of them just look uh, really awesome, um, especially with like the use of color and how Casey even said like, you know, she does have a line of dialogue. I think later in the episode. Um, with Diane, I'm saying, like, well, it could use color, and her whole thing with the whole puzzle pieces of, you know, they're all, uh, what, categorized by color. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. really cool that that is, like, an aspect of the character itself, is that your whole idea is to brighten things up, um, which works really well with this, like, fever dream world that, uh, um, Immortus was making, um, Isabel Immortus mm-hmm. was making, because they said, like, nothing goes wrong, everything's fine, everything's perfect here. Like, this is how it should be. Everything's great. Um, and taking that idea and adding it to the characters themselves uh, is really cool. Like, Jane, like, adding that idea of, like, perfect, everything's bright and shiny, and how che- cheer, chipper, whatever um, she is. It's just so fun um, in, like, an alternate universe type of thought process. Um, I really enjoy that stuff. Uh, I also really enjoy, like, thinking of different timelines of these Doom Patrol characters and and all this stuff. Um, so this is definitely by far just one of, like, the most intricate timelines, I think, from a Doom Patrol storyline. Yeah. Yeah, and... and, and the the pairing of of Rita Farr and Lord Mill it's very familiar it's not like Casey Brink and Jane where it's it's new ground that we're starting to consider this relationship but with Lord Mill and and Rita Farr um, it's more of like let's let's laugh at them kind of moment because we know that there's been bad blood between them. Um, and so in this moment where they're like acting like best friends and you have this musical number, which is best friends, um, they have all these kind of um, kind of middle aged lady humor of like charcuterie and, you know, being best friends and, and never having quarrels. And, and if they do have a quarrel, uh, they're both right, which is a kind of a cynical line because it is exactly what happens when people argue. They both think they're right. Um so it's it's a very witty uh, song that's written here for for Rita and and uh, Laura DeMille, but it's <laughs> it's it's made uh, it's like a lot of these scenes and these musical numbers are just elevated by these uh, sex ghosts yeah. uh, that are constantly <laughs> the play- chorus like yeah yeah they're constantly intruding uh, in into each frame each scene. 
Um, but yes, <laughs> it, this is where we'll see Lord of Mill kind of is able to break through um, kind of the, the mirage of Isabel Flowers, a.k.a. Immortus. Feathers. And um, Isabel, oh, Isabel Feathers. Have I been saying flowers? I don't know. Ramon flowers, Feathers? Yeah, it's Feathers. You weirdo. No, <laughs> Isabel Feathers. You're right, because Ruffled Feathers. I have to remember that, so excuse me. I don't know if you um, were saying Flowers before. If you were, uh, I think I said Flowers. Now. Hey, yeah. whatever. Immortus. I need to just start saying Immortus. <laughs> but, it, you know, uh, yeah, so it it is quite a, just a quirky little number here. Yeah, I wasn't um, expecting the... Um, I wasn't expecting them to get knocked out of it, to be honest with you. I thought it was going to be the whole episode um, in musical format, um, which I would have been the fine whole way with. Through. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it only, it, it got knocked out of it, you know, what, 30 minutes or so into it? Not even, not even. Um, I don't know. It was just a, it was a welcome surprise. Um I, it was just really smart. Like, <laughs> it's really smart writing, I think. And I say that because I couldn't do that. No way, no chance would I be able to incorporate musicals, uh, you know, instead of making compelling dialogue and, and moving scenes along, you you put it in song and add choreography mm-hmm. to it. What? What do you, that's too much. What do you mean? You want me to get these people to do all that? It's like, ah, yep. It's incredible. It really is. It really is awesome. To to have a, an escapade like that where it is a musical number and somehow still drive the plot forward and then for them to kind of land on the next foot without it seeing like too much of a, a detour and coming back, like too much of like a... Um, a lateral episode or like a box episode or anything like that for it to come back in and, and, and still be part of the narrative is that's where it's like so expertly done where they say, Hey, we want to do this musical number, but it's also, you know, it, it, what makes it so smart is it, uh, it, it encapsulates, encapsulates, um, the doom patrols want to always be normal. We've talked about this so many times and then they get faced with this truth that they're living in a lie, a beautiful lie. Ooh, what a what a what a phrase! Um, it really and, is uh, a phrase, though. <laughs> like, it's an it's, pump the brakes. That's an important phrase. It can work with so many things. But yes, you're absolutely right. It is. This is the lie that yeah. you know they they constantly tell themselves that they want. You know, and how many times have we seen this in Doom Patrol too? Like this perfect world, this perfect reality that all your ailments and and all your problems are just gone um Mm -hmm. i don't know it's just like a constant struggle with the doom patrol and i think that's that's awesome because it's you would be like i mean normal storytelling you'd be like well they would learn right the first time they'd be like hey they they go through it and then they're they're normal at the end they've 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 gained the chalice of 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 um heal healing yeah And, and and now they're on the other side and they're like okay i did it I beat it, and it's like true rehabilitation is nope. an ongoing battle all the time. Yeah. And so what is it, you know, with, with Mr. Nobody and showing them, like, you know, the mind is the limit, and then, like, here's all the pleasures, and you can live in the white space and, and, um, and, and you know, be happy. 
you know, live in, live in my mirage. And they denied it. And then even Danny the street, like they said, like, you know, go come live with Danny and, and all will be well and we're safe here and protected. Um, and they said that's not the case. I mean, they even did it again in, in this season with Tormanox invading. And they said, you know, we cannot stay here. We have to go back out into the real world. Um, and, and, and there was the, um, well, the flagellation wasn't really a, a paradise, but it did show them who they really are and what they, you know, kind of their, the root of their trauma. And, um, yeah, so there, we've had plenty of moments of, of pure bliss and, and told, like, that isn't true healing. Only this continuous battle of being tested and overcoming it, that's... yeah. That's where you. That's where you, uh, <laughs> I guess, can die happy. Yeah. And so. And that's the, and that is the end. Like it, there is no yeah. like that. That is the end. Is being able to. <laughs> it, it's it's that. like what Dorothy. <laughs> yeah, it's like what Dorothy says at the end of this episode. You know, I've been, I I've been living trapped in in lies my whole life, and I refuse to do so. I want to I want to die knowing the truth and living in it and, and being honest with myself and that's where I win and so that's why she, you know at the end of this episode she leaves uh, the Doom Manor again and so does Casey Brink go with her um, because she wants to be a hero in real life not a hero in um, in in this fake reality yeah so there's so much you know this it's 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 that thing that you're just saying Nate is that this episode is so fun yet it's so well done as far as a Doom Patrol story. It's like, yep, there's a message. There's there's what I came for. But the ride was fantastic to, to tell that that exact message. That's yeah. that's what's so hard to do as a writer. And that's why I'm not a writer. I just yeah. you know. <laughs> Look, I'm a visual learner. I had to watch my characters of Doom Patrol, my beloved characters, go through their hell in a different format for me to accept my own, you know? Just like I did when mm. I was a kid. <laughs> yeah um, yeah and yeah. and fantastic stuff um still looking at yeah i hope they sell these these ugly sweaters or something I, i'm gonna have to look at one and and, and recreate it I um know, you know that's been a thing that i've been trying to do more uh with each passing year these these past handful of years i've been really trying to i want an ugly sweater i really do and I don't want just some like you know, you know, like freaking graphic tee from Target that has you know a, a Star Wars AT and AT on it with a Santa even, hat. Even it's ugly like, sweaters that want. they sell now, like when they sell ugly sweaters, like when you go buy an ugly sweater, I'm doing air quotes, no one can see it. They're not ugly. I want like a real. It's like ugly you need, sweater. yeah. It's like well, I guess we gotta learn how to fucking knit, huh? <laughs> yeah. I'll pay someone to, to knit this. Um, see, like what what I mean, what uh, Casey Brink has on is. I like, was gonna say honestly, mm. it's like an ombre fucking wool sweater. How do you do that? That's insane. You'd have to do yeah. You had to do like row by row, and just like at some point in your loom, you have to switch. Oh colors. yeah, I've seen. There was yeah. this one guy that I've seen that does uh, that, that does tufting for like carpets and stuff, and he did a uh, JoJo Bizarre Adventure logo as a carpet, and that mm-hmm. goes ombre like pink to light pink to like lighter pink to white. And there's some black in there as well, and it's like, oh, shit, that looks like really good. You can still like see 
now I'm picking apart his work. I'm not going to do that. It looks amazing. It's fantastic. I wish I thought uh, or could could remember the guy's Instagram handle, but mm-hmm. you know everybody's doing tough things these days. I want to do it, 100. <laughs> it seems like it's right up my freaking doing alley. Everybody's doing it these days, and maybe because I just want to make my own rugs. Like I want to have cool mm-hmm. shit. Mm-hmm. Make I don't want to. I don't yeah. want to have to spend two hundred dollars on it. I can spend the two hundred dollars yeah. once, get all the shit, and make my own thing. Yeah, you know. Nate's on the. Uh, but also rug, support your local rug artists. TikTok. <laughs> you think I'm carpet, not carpet? Carpet TikTok. No, <laughs> I bet you are when you doom scroll. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so that's what people do nowadays. Um, but yeah, ugly doom sweaters, scroll man. more like doom, doom patrol. That's more like it. Do they doom, have that on uh, t-shirts? Doom, pis- doom scroll. I think yeah, they said yeah, that doom on set. Doom. <laughs> Quit doom uh, scrolling. Boy. You gotta go out doing doom patrolling. It's like, oh yeah. If there were, if there were, if there were more episodes to come, maybe one day they would have had doom scroll patrol. You just never know. Everybody's still but, on um, <laughs> Everyone's everyone's turned into a Gen Z person uh, on TikTok. Um, the next one is "Be a Hero." This is Vic, Victor Stone's song here. Uh, this is the one where he's kind of conflicted as a person. He's had a talk with um, <laughs> with Dorothy, uh, explaining the reality. At this point, the the Doom Patrol is fractured. They they have started to learn about the reality. They are breaking free of the chains of Immortus, um, and so Victor Stone. Uh, confides in, um, or I would say debriefs, um, Dorothy on the reality of Immortus's, uh, Immortimus Day, uh, Mirage. Day. Because it's, it's Immortimus, Immortimus like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like the Christians Immortimus. have Christmas. Cr- Christmas, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because um, that was my, that's what just, I th- I totally forgot that um, it was a Mortimus Day and not Immortus Day. Um, oh yeah, Cliff no, kept on saying Immortimus, 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 and I at first in the beginning of the episode, and I was just thinking that was just him, um, like that you know, oh, just the way that Cliff just speaks, adding, yeah, kind of in that way, adding adding like, syllables on, onto right. it. Yeah, it's like that's a stupid name. I'm gonna call it something even stupider. Yeah. See what I like about Joyvin Wade in this moment with this scene though is then he he turns it up into yeah Victor's doing like oh a yeah high school musical he is bit. he is doing yeah a friggin' Zac Efron high school musical stuff right now dang what's the kid's name uh, I don't know people are screaming oh, at I don't, me right now I don't know any I've never I've never seen high school uh, musical uh, so I wouldn't Bella know. and I don't know whatever I don't know white someone kid, it's, white kid name. <laughs> basketball. Oh, doesn't he play basketball? Is it he plays basketball in High School Musical or? Um, yes. Okay, because in Camp Rock, everyone plays an instrument, right? That's what that's whole. I don't know Camp, Camp Rock. Rock. Is about. I don't know why you keep yeah. on. The, you know Camp Rock? That's How do you another know Camp one. Rock? Because that's what the kids watch. The generation after us, it was like Camp Rock. I'm. I swear, it's like one of those things you see on the internet and you go, "Oh, I don't know. That was after me. I wouldn't." Yeah. Know. But there, there are memes about it. It's like Twilight. Like I, I, I see so many memes of Twilight, even though I've never seen the actual Twilight. And I think I've watched it vicariously through memes. And I feel like I've vicariously watched Camp Rock through memes. So yeah. I, I'm aware of such content. But <laughs> that, um, hold on, I got, I got to come back to Cyborg doing his thing over here. Yeah, Joyvin Wade, right? So 
on top of singing, dancing, acting, is also doing an American accent. Because you've got to remember that Joyvin is, like, from London with the full-on, like, London accent. Uh, this is an American accent singing, so he's having to do that. I would never be... You know, people do accents all the time um, and think they're good at it, and they're not. <laughs> Imagine thinking you're good at doing an accent, and then, and then you have to sing in, that accent? in an accent. Yeah. In key... In time, in no. rhythm, without overdoing inflection, thinking about how people with those actual dialects, how they would sound actually singing and and elongating certain syllables and stresses and stuff. Yeah. Like, I thought about Joyvin Wade having to sing in, in this American accent and just be like, wow, that has got to be one of the most challenging things to do. Um, and sure, maybe you could... If you could really dial in, you could hear it. But the it's just like, I'm impressed. I truly am impressed. It's like, uh, well, I think it's easier to say for, let's say, uh, Rita Farr, who's um, April Bowlby is kind of doing this um, <laughs> higher regal voice all the time, the way she April Bowlby acts as Rita Farr, and then having to sing, I feel like it's easier to do. But Joyvin is doing like the hardest difficulty of singing, having to do it in a different accent. So kudos all around. It's it's a very entertaining musical number. And um, another thing I, I I wrote down that I really liked about this number that he does is we get to be outside the Doom Manor, which I feel like we don't ever really get to be out. And so he's climbing like this, um, you know, he's in the gardens. He's climbing like this kind of derelict fountain-looking thing, you know, um, that we've seen in a previous episode. And, um, yeah, just, just all, all, all these areas of the Doom Manor that we don't really get to see um, very much of. It's nice to be outside in, um, in this area. I in agree. In front of the Doom Manor. It's all um, decorated and stuff. Excellent, it's quite beautiful. Excellent, excellent set. Excellent house. Um, I wonder if there's tours we can do. <laughs> yeah, go visit this Doom Manor. I would. We'll have to go find, yeah, I think it's I think Georgia, we, isn't it? it's not that far away. Yeah, is it? Yeah, we could go. Georgia, isn't it? <laughs> we could go. My mom. I think we looked up the Prince. locations. Go visit Prince locations where it was filmed, a thing. Uh, well, no, it was a thing to go and stand out in front of the damn Prince Mansion and you know, hold your signs oh. at the gate and and shit like that. Now I'm outing my mother. She wasn't crazy. She just wanted was fanatic. To this see that she wanted to be there, and when she saw it and mm-hmm. she got mm-hmm. it, and was like, "Oh yeah, I totally get this." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's it. Um, yeah, I think when we first started doing this podcast in, in like episode or season one, we talked about how some of these locations were based around um, Georgia, so we did find those locations that they filmed at. Uh, so maybe one day we should go look for them. Maybe you were uh, talking about the fountain that Cyborg is climbing on top of. Um, you call it a derelict fountain. That's that's awesome. That's a great <laughs> word. We need to p- start using that word more. Okay, it doesn't only apply to vessels, right? Um, fountain. Oh, or derelict. Fountain. <laughs> <laughs> derelict. Uh, um, yeah, but no, it no, has no. these like I, step blocks that I feel like maybe could have been. Not, it, could, it could have been aftermarket. You know, those those could be aftermarket steps. I, but it, it probably if, is not a fountain. It's probably like a chimney or something. What? This is not a chimney. 
Uh, look, it could be a very tall pizza oven, okay? Like, think about it. It could be a nice No, I guess I don't really know what it is. Maybe it's just an art installation. Yeah. I think think we've seen it in a previous episode. It's a fountain. That could be blood. It's a fountain. That's a fountain. Yeah. Yeah, It's got... That's a a fountain. fountain. That's totally a fountain. It's a fountain. Um, So, Could also be a really cool killer pizza oven. (laughs) If it was hollow. Yeah. There was that episode of Rugrats where they made the pizza fountain. Do you remember that? And it was like, it couldn't stand on the cement. Was that Rugrats? Mm. Yeah, that was Rugrats. Um, mm. Anyway, mm. Uh, the blocks on that fountain for uh, Jovian that he's like using to step up on, um, it, it just looks so cool to me that like if that was created specifically to get on top of these tiers for like maintenance and stuff, but also, yeah, let's just do that block architecture in this, uh, you know, water piece. Um. That's so cool. <laughs> That's, That's one of my so favorite cool things looking. about one of my favorite things about uh, stage shows is seeing set design have yeah. things that you that you, you, it's kind of in the background and your eye looks at it and goes, "I wonder if that's for something." And then it gets used in said show, and you're like, "Oh, th- that's how that's how yeah. it <laughs> lends itself into." And so, yeah, seeing Joyvin and he's like climbing this fountain and then he starts to step on those exact blocks. It's like there's a bit of like a neuron activation in my head that goes like, oh, yeah, those blocks that like they're they're being used for something. That's great. I, I very much enjoy seeing a payoff on, on those blocks doing their job there for some strange damn reason. Um, <laughs> um, but yes. And then, of, of course, um, so we get two love relationships here first one is um crazy jane being honest now that she's broken free of the chains of immortus she um kind of breaks things off with um casey before things get too uh too close for comfort um and which is very uh, heartbreaking for casey who's struggling on being a a displaced fictional character in a real world Right. It's very um, heartbreaking. Casey's look after she turns around and walks away uh, is very excellent f- for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if it's because it's it's hitting home or something, but it is 100% that, like, realization of, you know, Jane does this whole, like, wincing of, like, ooh, is that, was I too hard? Was that the right thing to do? I don't know. I did it. Can't really go back now. But Casey walks She's done away. it so many times to others. Yeah. Casey walks away looking up as if it's more of like a confusion where it's like, why, why did that just, ha- like, where did that come from kind of thing? And that is so real to me. You know, if it was two characters that did their goodbyes and, you know, one of them, they both started walking away. One of them stopped and did the whole, like, look over your shoulder or whatever. It's like, okay, cheesy. I get it. The look back, um, or even the whole like you know shedding a tear but not wanting to show emotion. Yeah, it's cheesy, the whole coy. I get it, um, but like a genuine emotion of like confusion of like what the fuck did I thought we were, I thought we were cool. Like I thought we I thought we liked each other. That kind of thing where it's like what what happened? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, incredibly real. Uh, and I really appreciated it and thought it was uh, really excellent. As well as it, it really hurt. 
<laughs> yeah, um, I think that's. I think that's. It, it's nice to see a natural emotion of confusion instead of just pure um, hurt and, and and pain. So Casey kind of leaves thinking like, you know, maybe she's confused at herself. Like, what am, what am I doing? Period. Like, question mark. Period, and then question mark. Like, what am I doing? Like, what, like, what the hell was all that that I just did today? Um, and you know, and Jane is the one to to break Casey out of out of the uh, immortus mirage. Um, and so Casey is also starting to come back to reality and and realize that she's in actual reality, not in another fictional world, which she just came out of as well from the comic book. Um, so Casey being confused is 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 an excellent description for the character. Um, to kind of wrestle with like the idea of um, <laughs> that her her Reality? instinct her like her instinct her instinct choices of, yeah. like thinking things can work out with Jane she's just met this person like that's not how relationships happen you know she's got a lot going on with her it's like I don't know if you know Space Ace has dated someone like the character um but these things don't work out like that. And so, you know, her having to walk away and, and be so um, heartbroken is just like a shock to everything about her. And yes, yeah. like her reality, like you said. Um, and I like Casey Brink so much from the comic books. And um, I think it's a great I, pairing. I would like to see more of it yeah, in, in comic I books. I do want to just see more of, of that character. Um, excellent work. Excellent casting. Knocked it out of the park on all levels. Um Real, real good surprise. Didn't didn't expect Casey Brink to show up, but a very welcome one. A surprise, mm-hmm. I'm sure, but a welcome one. A surprise, <laughs> but a welcome one. Whatever Sheeve says, you know. Whatever Sheeve says. Here we have Mister One Hundred Four. We have uh, Rama and uh, Negative Man, and as always, and in in Episode Ten for sure, Negative Man being. The negative man. Um, it was such a pleasure to see Matt Bomber as uh, Matt Bomer as 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 Larry for a bit in, in early in the episode with like he was like how does a sweater look and I don't yeah. know if it was a sweater it was like a very thick polo it was very it was nice. a corded was sweater very, you know yeah. like the whole night oh he outfit. didn't wear the corded sweater no he didn't they wear the corded sweater the Keek, yeah Keek said no to the yeah the he cord, threw it back cord, cable knot sweater um, yeah. But um, cable knot sweater, not corded sweater, whatever. Yeah, but um, yes, uh, you know he's fantastic time to see see that actor and um, but yeah, now we're back to uh, Riley Shanahan, I believe. Um, uh, yeah, because Matthew Zuck, is it Matthew Zuck is to Riley Shanahan robot man. Riley Matthew Shanahan is, is robot man and Matthew man. Zuck. Yeah, because Ma- okay. Matt and Matt, Matthew Zuck and Matt Bomber, two characters, same character, um, two <laughs> Matts, one character, and uh, so <laughs> yeah. Now we have Mister Negative Man, Mister One Hundred Four. Um, this this is I like this number here. Elements of love. I think this is a great song, out of context. I think it's just really cool. I love hearing about the periodic table and all this stuff. Um, yeah. This was a really good one. And then to see, first of all, this episode I wrote this down as well. But Negative Man just in the sweater. Uh, that is so Doom Patrol. To me, it's very kind of um, Gerard Way 
yeah. negative man Larry Trainer to have just like the the overall the suspenders, um, the suspenders and the Christmas sweater, and then of course the classic still mummified wrapped up with sunglasses. Right. And they're doing like, like Gene Kelly numbers on it. It's like oh this is this is perfect. You guys are, you guys know what you're you're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is a great moment uh, here for the two characters. I I really did enjoy this one quite a bit elements of love um, um i do enjoy so much that they are um in this season um putting so much uh effort into the characters relationships um because it's mm-hmm. it's less about how they are uh living with themselves and in the house and dealing with their lives and more so about again moving forward and trying to have a life. And one of those things in life is to find companionship, right? Um, so focusing on that aspect all throughout the season was really a great treat. Um, sides of the characters that I didn't think you would see. Um, also sides of the characters that you wouldn't have time to explore uh, in a comic book. Um, especially because a comic book would be, you know not talking about that all the time there's bigger things happening there's there's bigger story arcs that are going on right i don't know if a musical has ever been done in a comic book because i know you really couldn't do that and that's like what i'm saying is it's one of the joys and benefits of having doom patrol as a tv show is you can have a musical number and all this puppet patrol stuff and sex patrol and you know dorothy doing um world of imagination like all this fantastic fanfare stuff that i just so so love um and uh and then i'm thinking like maybe a comic book somewhere out there has tried to do a musical that you read and um, um well I, well in doom I patrol, quite like that though in doom patrol mr nobody would sing speak in lyrics oh yeah well, he would reference certain yeah songs and stuff right yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, when you get to reading it, like, if you don't know what the lyrics are, you're mm-hmm. fucking lost. You don't have a melody. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you don't yeah. understand Bob Dylan lyrics, which is, like, the whole point of Bob Dylan, right? It's like, yeah, you're listening to the dude talk. Um, <laughs> and, like, you get yeah. it because that shit gets stuck in your head and then it becomes poetry and it becomes household phrases and whatnot. So it becomes a lot easier to write lyrics within a speech bubble if that is like a well-known turn of phrase i guess for especially for like situational or if it's an obvious situational thing right i'm gonna tell you i don't know any bob dylan lyrics uh times are (laughs) a-changing i think and that's like you know I'm the only thing. I'll stay and, out of this one. Yeah. and like if you show me a thing and mr nobody is like doing that i would probably read it and be like is that a Bob Dylan? Is that a Bob Dylan lyric, or is that, you know, you know, I'm not, I'm not too, I'm not too familiar with that song. Times are changing. I don't think I've ever heard it in a movie. You got me. Yeah, I was, that was my best guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this next song that we hear in today's episode, this is Robot Man and Robot Man. This is Cliff Steele and Robot Man. We have Riley Shanahan and Brendan Fraser. Yeah, singing to each other. So it's, a, a man in the it's Brendan Fraser singing to himself twice over. Uh, oh yeah, and then there's Oven Mitt Rory in this one too. It's fantastic. Um, what is really um, excellent about this is that you actually can have the two different people 
yes, apart from in each the other, same across scene. from each other, and not having you know split screen or, or anything of the nature or stand-ins or what have you. You actually have the two robot man characters on screen on set together at the same time, interacting in real time with each other, having dialogue mm-hmm. together. Um, yeah, I really did enjoy this number just for that, just to see, like. Robot Man, as we've seen him throughout the entire show, and then right next to Brandon Fraser, not swapping them out for you know like we had with the Eternal Flagellation, um, and and um, I, the I, I think it was um, yeah. But what was what was the other one? Um, Jane Patrol, when they go into the underground, and and Cliff goes in with, and then yeah. he's Brandon Fraser, and then you know they, you know. Everything that happens in the underground, um, then again they switch, they switch out. But this is the first time we see both, yeah, Brandon Fraser and Riley Shanahan as as Robot Man in in the costuming. See them together and and communicating to each other, like talking to each other. Uh, these characters are, are are having this internal struggle, so it's nice. Uh, one thing I really liked in this set is the phone i don't know if you caught the phone that he's calling clara on um but it's it's a weird uh dial phone but it still has kind of like this old uh, antiquated um this is it's i don't like know a, it, it's it's like a it's like a it's like a lay down flat phone it's like a 1960s futuristic type style of phone um which also fits within Doom Patrol and also with like Niles Calder's things. That's just his stuff, yeah. you know. It, had it almost looks handmade. Like someone, it does. like if someone today were to take a block of wood, uh, yeah, and, and like, like we need to make get, communications out of this. Be like, okay. yeah, and they took the, they, they, <laughs> they took the the two telephone wires that you use to make phone calls, like, uh, and then they all they did was just punch them in to this block with some sort of conductor piece of metal and then attached the phone cord yeah um, and clamped it into it like it looks just like that and then of course there's like little dial buttons there very like um, modesty blaze kind of james bond old 60s spy um yeah tech kind D- of D- diy or do it yourself I don't DIY. Even, yeah. yeah did you not figure it's like you didn't know if you had the acronym for diy I, correct i don't know if i had it correctly di die Oh wait, no, not that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, snake eyes, baby. No, this phone is uh, excellent. Um, however, I think the absolute best thing out of this whole episode is seeing Brendan Fraser give two thousand percent in this production. It's like body language. It's facial expressions it's feeling so much of the dialogue and not just you know saying line kind of thing um Mm -hmm. and he doesn't have to be this depressing sad character that he has been in before especially when he was in his human form and on set um it's more of like we need you can go full range of emotions my man like you just won an award fuck it go again like <laughs> yeah yeah that's you what, know I what i mean the same like, thing too you just like, killed it and you are probably 
the one that can act circles around every single fucking human being on this set right now. So, like, lights are on you, dude. Like, you can go. Curtain yeah. up and go. Um, also, that, uh, one of the best mullets ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I think I had uh, my hair kind of grew out that way uh, a couple weeks ago, and I was really upset. It was oh, going boy. through that awkward phase. I, I was get, like, I, I was should like get there. On, should do that. on edge of a mullet, and it looked just kind of like that for a bit. And I was like, Oh no, I I need to cut this up again. Give it to um, me. I'll take it. No, don't do it. Please don't do that. Um, but yeah, like I I I said the same thing while watching the episode. I was like, I you know I'm so glad Brendan Fraser is still very committed uh, to the Doom Patrol in this way, and like giving it. His all, you know, despite kind of regaining his stardom, you know, this it's Matt Bomer as well to to see him in this episode and and the way that you know he was singing in the beginning and and being himself and it's not played by Matthew Zock, um, it's just it was just like oh wow you guys really giving it your all, I love it I love to see it Diane as well Diane was you know full like you said just two hundred percent into 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 the role of doing a musical and. You know, being a true thespian yeah. about the moment. It's just fantastic to see that kind of performance. And yeah. I, I just love that. to these characters. <laughs> yeah, they just really brought this musical to life. And, and no one, it, it, didn't, it didn't feel phoned in by anyone. Obviously, we talked about Joyvin Wade. And, you know, just fully committing to the assignment. It was just fantastic. Um, now, I do want to skip to the, the finale uh, of this episode. Um, obviously, as Belle Feathers comes over, as Immortus, they all kind of break the bad news that they don't want no part in this. But this song, Doomed, uh, yes, I love that this is the theme song. This is the opening theme song of the TV show. Oh my gosh, I did not catch that. Yeah, it has the motif of the... I mean, I, I heard the chord in the beginning. I just didn't think that it was fully... Like, uh, like a part two in a way. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah, awesome. It is. Um, it is almost like a reprise. Cause I mean, and it's also I, I forgot to mention good, this in the, word. <laughs> in the beginning of the episode. Um, it's the first time they've altered the opening in a way, right? Because they do the acapella, yeah, for the intro. And I thought, oh, this is like actually the first time we've done something different with the intro. Um, yeah, but yeah, then and this song doomed. Um, especially during the chorus, it is the, um, you know, that old Kevin Kiner intro. So, um, excellent work. There's a line that, uh, Isabel says in this, um, you know, where she's, you know, all toil and troil and all that stuff and saying how much she hates it. Uh, she says she, she wished that she could have chosen the timeline that featured lotion, uh, lotion, the <laughs> cat from the comic book. Very cool. Leather jacket wearing badass cat. Um, but that line being said by like Immortus, a character who was, you know, displaced in a time stream and kind of had possibly the ability to go anywhere and do anything, you know? And the, the lyric being, I, I, you know, wish I chose the timeline that featuring Lotion, the fact that you could choose a different timeline and the fact that Doom Patrol now that you can think about it as it all being different timelines is so much fun. And it, you know, you, you say it all the time with it being like, oh, it's a multiverse and you can, you know, you have different worlds and yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. And they all got their own numbers and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, you're also right. And that's cool. 
but like that's like chapter 10 and if you got to start chapter one you got to be like it's just a different timeline and in your mind you're just like oh yeah okay cool so this is the timeline where they're real people and it's more of a real world thing another timeline is when they're drawn into a comic book another timeline was when they were drawn into another comic book in the 80s another timeline mm-hmm. is when they were drawn into another comic book in the 2010s like it's really cool that doom patrol still has had a pretty much streamline timeline from comic books perspective um with little changes to the actual timeline and characters when it comes to like retconning and stuff and where they fit within dc comics um but the fact that like this show you know in my mind it's like this is a different timeline and then the titans version of them was a different timeline and then you know all these things it's like that's that's a solid idea i like that let's let's pull on that thread a little bit more yeah i i i completely i I didn't catch the lotion part at first because um i do remember halfway through the episode turning the, the subtitles off because i wanted to be able to just see the full picture without having to read along like sometimes i feel like i'm reading too much and not looking at the actual screen so i turned it off and I and I remember hearing something about lotion and not knowing, you know, what that was. But now that you say lotion the cat, and then I go, oh, yeah, you know, Casey's yeah. cat from Jarred Way, but then becomes its own character in a bit. Um, I didn't catch that, that she said I would have made a timeline right. that featured lotion. It's like, it's well, like, would oh. you have, like, showed up in the timeline that did have lotion? Would that would have been in Gerard Way's, like, run? There's still time did, to do was it. There, was there a mortis in that? It's like, no. But Listen. in Unstoppable, lotion did show up. And yeah, like all you have to do is, uh, at the season finale, series finale, you just have Casey with a black cat, and I'll just be like, that's lotion. It's my headcanon. I'll die on the hill, you know? Yeah. Perfect. Full circle. We did it. We got here. Perfect show. 10 out of 10. Um, but yes, it's it's fantastic. Um, I, I, I really enjoyed this episode a lot. Uh, <laughs> um the the uh, cliff steel and the tissue stuff it was probably like oh boy where's this going <laughs> but it was uh it was fantastic throughout um I absolutely love everything about this um Omar Madala taking over for for this episode and getting this produced like this it's just fantastic I even saw um Eliza Berger who wrote this episode uh, on Instagram posted a photo of kind of behind the scenes photo sets of them. Uh, with the sex ghosts and 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 shooting this episode uh, recently on on Instagram now that this episode has premiered, um, so it's just fantastic production all around. It has so much value put into it, uh, and it really does sh- pay off and and show in, in when you watch the episode. So, um, really really enjoy this one. I, I highly regard this one uh, among among all the Doom Patrol episodes. So, um, Nate, any closing thoughts from you? Um, killer killer episode killer production um honestly uh gold stars all the way across the board the sets were incredible um the lyrics for the songs were great they were goofy they were fun um it was it was a it was a joy it really was uh it was a breath of fresh air that i didn't think i needed um with these episodes um so Mm -hmm. it was a very pleasant surprise uh you know this uh, I'm digging this trend. I like this idea that, you know, these shows, especially when 
in this culture of like binge TV and, and stuff that's happening where shows are, you know, coming out with full seasons and whatnot, d- do what you want. You know, you, you got the money and people say, hey, you can do this. Fucking do it. You know, if someone can write a whole musical episode about Doom Patrol and it also like relate to the whole series and its previous three years, that's really uh, talent. <laughs> that's that's mm-hmm. incredibly talented. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it, w- it was a joy. It was a fun. Uh, it was a fun time. I liked it. Yeah. It I was, loved it. Yeah. Really good stuff. So we will be back with another episode to talk about um, Tomb Patrol, which is episode 10. So without further ado, DJ, please take it away. Thank you. 